0: The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers.
1: The goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges. For all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in.
0: Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, host Richard Mavian will speak with Zach Astora, state lobbyist for the Kansas Sierra Club. On the table are issues of vital importance to the protection of our ecology. Zach will inform us of the latest from Topeka. The presentation will include discussions of legislation to prohibit single plastic bans, confined animal feed operations, legislation. On manure disposal, prohibition of home owners association, bans on rooftop solar, steps to protect the ornate box turtle and other current legislation. The purpose of environmental laws is to protect human health and to preserve the environment for present and future generations. During any legislation session in Congress or in a state, legislation is proposed that is not clearly labeled environmental environmental. Kansas is lucky to have a lobbyist who represents Sierra Club members' interests in having all laws to ensure sustainable development. In Kansas, we view legislation under the lens of the Earth's microscope. Eco Radio KC is glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present for a sustainable future. We support the works for a future in which humans flourish as members of a thriving ecosphere. We are all in this together and it will take all of us to make the world safe for human habitation for millennia to come. This will be a great radio hour. Now our show.
2: And we're going to have Richard talking to Zach Pastora. Good evening everyone.
1: This is Richard maybe and boy, that was a good introduction, man. I mean, he I, I, while he was talking, I said, I, I'm glad that uh, Zach, we set it up that it's just you and I on here, because <laughs> based on the things he named off, there's a lot going on in um, in the uh, legislative uh, uh, area of our state in Kansas. Um, so, well, I'm not going to waste a lot of time. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself uh, to the people who have never heard you before. First of all, I'm Richard Mapian Gang, and I am the unofficial green czar for uh, the Kansas City metropolitan area uh, with uh, the Quindaro neighborhood being my uh, target market. I am their voice. And uh so I like to consider myself speaking for the voiceless in the Quindaro area. And uh I uh and, and Zach is a, a Sierra Club person with me. I'm a I'm a Sierra Club guy too, even though I'm not on the XCON anymore. I'm just got me an area that I'm responsible for, which is the environmental justice. So Zach, introduce yourself and let's get going. Well, thank you, Richard and Terry,
3: for having me, and good to be back on uh, KKFI Eco Radio. Uh, i tell you, it's uh, quite the honor to be with you, as always, but this is the first time I've got to speak with y'all after a Super Bowl win. Yes!
4: Yes! And uh, so
3: uh, bear with me if I'm not as sharp as I usually am, because it's a, a late, a wonderful night. And uh, and uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be with you today to talk about the environmental mix in Kansas, uh, the legislation in Topeka. And I, I just want to say I did appreciate that introduction too from Darnell. Uh, you know, we all count on our environment every day, all of us, no matter what, for for life and enjoyment and uh, and all that. And the question is, can it count on us? to help be good stewards of it. And I'm asking legislators that, what are you doing to help improve the environment and help uh, keep this place a wonderful place for us um, to help our uh, economy and society, but also to preserve for uh, future generations? And so, anyway, excited to talk about a lot happening in Topeka right now. Uh, We're, oh, let's see, about a month into it. And uh, we're getting close to the deadlines where the bills need to pass one chamber uh, before it goes and gets discussed in the other chamber. And so we're we're coming up uh, to the kind of the almost halftime. I like to say about halftime. Okay. And we know where we were uh, uh, last night around halftime. We weren't all uh, doing so good, and, and we were on our edge of our seats. And so, um, hopefully, we'll come up with a better second half. But happy to dive into the issues as you want to.
1: So, are you telling me that uh, we are somewhat kind of on a shaky, on a shaky level as far as what we would want in comparison to what we are where we have reached as far as our progress is concerned.
3: Yeah. We'll say this. We've been playing a lot of defense and good defense, uh, but hopefully we can turn up the offense in the second half, get some positive uh, uh, actions um, at the legislature so we can actually uh, make a difference in um, uh, positively affecting the environment versus some of these bills uh, that might uh, set us back. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start off though it was yeah. mentioned in the uh, in the opening this issue about removing uh, the local opportunity to do something about plastic pollution okay and and Richard we've talked about this before on your program because it's been a recycled piece of legislation my joke is that we've recycled the legislation more than the actual plastic bags themselves <laughs> so that's <laughs> to deal with. Uh, not allowing local governments, be it city governments or county governments, to restrict or prohibit certain containers, and specifically, um, they're they're got their sights set on Lawrence. That's uh, implemented a law uh, that'll start in March to ban plastic bags. Okay, from you know grocery stores and big box right. stores that hand out the the uh, plastic bags. Lawrence just decided, hey, we can do something different about this where we're not handing those uh, things out to where they get caught in our rivers and streams, in our trees, and we just want to try to help clean up the community by going to reusable bags, etc. So that's what the people of Lawrence wanted. They pressed their elected officials to do something about it. It happened. Uh, It's kind of democracy in action. But now you got people representing communities and other parts of the state, that is state government, telling the local government what they can and cannot do about all that. And uh, we got several issues with that matter because one, this community's trying to do something positive on an environmental problem. Okay, so that's one thing. And then two, the Kansas government Whereas it's in the Kansas Constitution, it's in the laws, it's even in the Republican Party platform that we pre- opt to preserve the most um, uh, closest form of government, and that's local control. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I'm, okay. I tell you what. Give me an. What is a a a an element or an area? that those who are opposed to it are using for being, for being opposed.
3: Yeah, they say that it'll add cost to businesses to not give away the cheap plastic bags versus maybe a more expensive bag. And so they're saying it creates problems because there might be a business in Lawrence that has a different set of rules than businesses in Kansas City. Okay, uh, and I'm yeah. saying, well, doesn't it cost money to hand out those bags uh, to people for free of the from the store? And what about uh, grocery stores like Aldi doesn't hand out plastic bags, and they're doing just fine on their business. Uh, my local grocery store uh, that I go to in Lawrence, the Merck, There's one in Kansas City. Yeah. They don't hand out plastic bags, you know, they encourage people to bring their own bag and those bags are stronger and all that. So, you know, we're just making, the, they're
2: making the argument it could cost businesses,
3: uh, yeah. that it could so be they a, use password, it. a regulation, et cetera.
2: So I want to add something here. <clears throat> I live in Lawrence in order to get the city commission to sign off on that ordinance. We had to survey retailers in our community And it was several major retailers, and they said they're used to operating like this. Many states, cities, and counties in the United States have different requirements for packaging, for bags, no bags. That This is standard operation procedure for them.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Terry, you're absolutely right. I think 12 states have banned plastic bags, including... Uh, Colorado that used to have this law that they're trying to pass in Kansas to restrict home rule. They decided to get rid of that and go to a phase out of single use plastics. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. 12 states and hundreds of cities across America and you go to other countries and they've banned plastics. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. And, and so they're just worried about one city in Kansas I just say, hey, let's let Lawrence try out their experiment. It's 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 it was democratically pushed by the people for the people. Let's we'll just see how it goes before uh, telling them what they can and can't do.
1: Uh, I want to make sure that if we have people listening who are opposed to that happening, that they be very much aware of the fact of what the issue it this it needs to be. Address, and i'm hearing if they are trying to make it one of a cost factor right my bottom line if i stop using these cheap bags my bottom line is going to suffer the consequences of me now having to have uh reusable bags on stock if that's what i'm hearing okay All right. i just wanted i, I want to make sure that we have both sides of the equation right. on the table as we go through go ahead
3: Yeah. And then just to kind of wrap up that uh, uh, point there, I'd say that, you know, it does cost our communities to have to deal with this plastic pollution on the back end. Right. You know, they're trying to say, well, hey, people, the businesses should have the right to do what they want, hand these things out. But the reality is these things end up causing litter on our roadways they cause harm into the environment and our waterways and the land. They, uh, that, you know, there's increasingly more research that we're getting the, the, the micro plastics and the chemicals in the plastics into our uh, bodies and co- could cause uh, health uh, harm. But then also, you know, not to, I don't know if you all know, but plastic, is the number two most landfilled item as far as uh, taking up most of our space in the landfill. Number one, and people ought to know this too, food. We throw away more food in the landfill than we do other types of materials. And that's a shame in itself, but plastic takes a big part of it too. But you know, the number one packaging material out there isn't plastic. It's cardboard by weight, and we okay. recycle th- three quarters of the cardboard actually gets recycled, whereas less than ten percent of the plastic gets recycled. So we can say we could do packaging a little bit different uh, to where we can it actually won't end up in our ecosystems and and won't go to the landfill. It's actually be recycled and put back into production, and we just haven't uh, solved that uh, problem with plastics yet and we can still work on that but in the meantime don't don't get rid of cities trying to do something proactive about it to help the environment
1: uh i think this is a good subject and i see uh, we got our fingers up so I'm, I'm gonna keep it right where we are because there's no sense starting to do it but i know that a couple of weeks ago uh mark <laughs> mid-america regional um, council uh, had a had a session and one of the things they said I heard on the news that they were going to talk about was out of the their municipality uh, areas. I think that's like 119 they working with or something like that. And uh, they only had 29% of the land that could be available for landfills. That That hit me hard. Because that's a reality that you've been hearing people talk about. Now, when it's down to only 29% that could be used for landfill, that means we're running out. That means that we're going to be in a situation where we don't have any place to put our throwaways. Okay, so so I think this is important because I think we have an intelligent... Uh, a market that we're sitting here talking to and, and that means that it, it should take we should be given this more consideration uh than the 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 kind of vibes that we get by what is people what are people against running out of landfill is a is a major and, and 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 not necessarily for me and you, uh, my, you, you Jeff, I, I mean, Zach, you're still a youngster, but for folks like me, it may not be uh, ne- necessarily something that's going to disappear in my lifetime, but we need to think in terms of what do we leave in our future. And if it's down to 29%, I think that's a topic subject that needs to be discussed. Does that make sense? Yeah, it m- makes a lot of sense.
3: And you know, besides, you know, not, no one wants to really have to live to the landfill that cause their own problems. It's a lot of truck traffic, you know, yeah. you can get the, the smells and the stinks and all that stuff. But yeah, you're right when, you know, uh, the, the regional association says, that we only got 19, maybe 37 years for, for all of our different landfills, that'll be here before we know it. Yeah. And, and we, that's precious space. And, and we don't want to have to – that should be the last thing we have to do is to landfill, bury it in the ground in, in the landfill. Yes. And we yes. could be reusing things. We could be recycling things back into uh, – and then also we need to just reduce, reuse, recycle in that order. And if we could reduce the amount of trash and, and whether it's plastics, whether it's the food waste, and that's, that's a shame because there's hungry people in our communities. Yes. There's and out there's, there.
1: It, we can work yeah, we, things we, around to go I back got to one the people need. Yeah. I got one finger up okay this is uh, Richard uh, here at the KKFI with our eco radio and uh, we are going to take a break uh, uh, KKFI 90.1 FM we'll be back coming up Thursday February 15th at 7pm on the people power hour brought to you by KC tenants we will continue talking about the tenant right to Council program The Right to Counsel program provides legal counsel to Kansas City tenants facing eviction. Our guest will be Brian Larios, UMKC School of Law Adjunct Clinical Professor and Managing Attorney for the Tenant Assistance Initiative. Do not go to eviction court without an attorney. You will lose. Tune in to the People Power Hour brought to you by KC Tenants on February 15th at 7 p.m.
0: The KKFI mobile app is now available for download. Get it from your app store today. Live radio, shows from the archive, news, a real-time music playlist. Tap into your community radio station and download the KKFI app today.
2: Here's a calendar for the week of February 12th. Paddle, Missouri. Registration is opened. More info at paddlemo.org. Kansas City, Missouri is once again partnering with the Kansas City Zoo and Aquarium and Heartland Conservation Alliance to participate in an international bioblitz called the City Nature Challenge. They're looking for partners. This year the event will run from April 26th to the 29th. The goal is to use Citizen Science and the iNaturalist platform to collect data on plants and animals that can be found in the Kansas City region. If you're interested in being involved, please email Stephanie Dressen at stephanie.dressen at kcmo.org. Saturday, February 17th, 6 to 9 p.m. at Colonial Gardens, 27610 East Wyatt Road, Blue Springs, Missouri, Valentine's Day Farm to Table Dinner will be a romantic evening filled with farm fresh flavors. There's a cost involved. More details at Eventbrite. Saturday, February 17th, 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., the 15th annual Kaw Valley Seed Fair is at the Douglas County Fairgrounds, 2120 Harper Street, Lawrence, Kansas. Share and swap seeds and explore over 20 gardening vendors. You can bring containers, envelopes, or baggies. More information on Facebook. Saturday, February 17th, 9.30 a.m. to noon at the Sewing Labs, 26 Campbell Street, Kansas City, Missouri is a class, The Art of Mending. You can discover hand sewing techniques to repair your well-loved clothes. There is a cost. More info at the Saturday, February 17th, 1 to 3 p.m. at Burr Oak Woods Nature Center, 1401 Northwest Park Road, Blue Springs, Missouri. You can join a class, Nature Art, Soaps and Salves. The Missouri Department of Conservation is hosting. You can discover how to create products foraged from native plants and explore methods and techniques in soap making, salves, and their uses. The class is free, but registration is required More info at greenabilitymagazine.com. Sunday, February 18th, 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. in the auditorium at the Lawrence Public Library, 707 Vermont, Lawrence, Kansas, is a viewing of Green Fire, Aldo Leopold and a Land Ethic for Our Time, hosted by Lettuce. The Emmy Award-winning film, Green Fire, explores Leopold's personal journey and reveals how his conservationist ideas resonate today. There's no charge for that event. My name is Terry. Please stay involved. The days are growing longer. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. All right, Richard, it's your turn again.
1: All righty, I'm back, gang, and uh, that was quite a list of of uh, activities is going on that's pretty good especially that sewing one uh uh we've lost a lot of our seamstress uh places that you could stop by and have little things tacked up or fixed up for you so i'm glad to know that there's someone out there still trying to do that okay let's get back to you zach what's that what's next on our agenda
3: well uh, uh- I heard uh, Terry talk about Valentine's Day and uh, Valentine's Day is on Wednesday. And and, uh, we actually, uh, there's a hearing on an important bill. Uh, First time we got a hearing on this bill in Kansas, it deals with allowing for people to install solar panels in their homeowners associations. Okay, so now some homeowners associations prohibit solar panels in their neighborhoods. And, and there was a constituent out of uh, Olathe that said, that had uh, installed solar panels on their home and then their homeowners association came by and told them to have to take them down after they were already up. Said you can't have them or bylaws say you can't have solar panels on your rooftop and so those solar panels are sitting in the sky's garage, and you don't catch much sunlight in a garage. And so uh, we heard about it. Uh, worked with a uh, Republican representative to get the uh, this legislation introduced into a bill. And we have a hearing at nine o'clock in House Local Government Committee on this bill. And basically, it say homeowners associations couldn't prohibit or restrict uh someone from put, putting solar panels on their roof.
1: Well wow, now that's uh that's going pretty large there. Uh them homeowner associations have have ruled and you know they've had things from how you hang a flag up, I mean it's gotta be a specific way and to a lot of uh what you would consider regulations that needed to be addressed. So now you have someone that's taking them on. Is that what I'm hearing?
3: That's right. So, yeah, the, this Republican has said uh, called these homeowners associations the fourth branch of
1: government. <laughs> I notice you bring in. I notice you bring in the political parties. Is, is that to give more uh, uh, emphasis to the fact that this is real people, not saying Republicans, real people, but it's not some Democratic act that that That's plays correct. that that line in the sand stuff. Yes. Okay. And all at, right.
3: As you know, Richard, uh, the Sierra Club is a nonpartisan environmental right. organization. We, we don't pick sides. Any any party or no party at all can be an environmental champion, and we work with everyone. We're equal opportunity right. that way. I just say that because it's important, given the dynamics of of who um, runs the legislature in terms of numbers. Uh, it's good that we have a Republican uh, sponsor. Because it's more likely to get passed in a Republican majority legislature.
1: Gotcha. Right? Uh, I, I think. Yeah, I thought it was important because of our listeners. I wanted to make yeah. sure that they didn't think it was being done playing some some la- uh, line in the sand kind of a deal, and no. let them know that there was more reasons for us being able to say that. That's good. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Very interesting. That's you know hear a lot of people taking on those. Uh, uh, uh those, those home ownership g- groups you know so that should be interesting
3: well what's in, what's also good is that uh for those uh, listening to your program in Missouri they already passed this bill a couple of years ago oh they so did so Kansas is trying to follow suit and uh, not just Missouri but they have these laws on the books in several states uh almost 30 states so it makes sure that have uh allowances for solar access in homeowners associations and deed holders etc places like texas and arizona and iowa and and i just point all that out because other states have, have done this to say scale back some of the rules for homeowners associations basically because Solar panels are are good for for yeah, the electrical yeah. grid, for the community, improve homeowner uh, home values, etc. It's not what it was back you know decades ago yeah. 30 years okay. ago etc
1: but I always, always wonder about the pandora box kind of a deal that all of a sudden you didn't open up a box now that some of your what i call loose loosey goosey folks will be coming in saying uh, i don't have to wear shirts on saturdays i mean whatever <laughs> you know how people are in this world yeah. we live in that all of a sudden here you got some extreme Coming at you, which still makes sense. But because you pass, you let this one, not all, I ain't talking about passing, have a hearing, then it's going to be pretty difficult to stop somebody else from at least having a hearing. Okay, go ahead. What's next, man? That's good. That's well,
3: good. I, I just, uh, I want to fold this into this conversation to the, the bigger picture of energy in Kansas. Okay. Because for, for solar, you know we're one of the top ten states for for sunny days and the solar resource, right? Whoa. But we're in the bottom of states for solar energy. We're number forty-four out of fifty states, and so that's a that's a homegrown resource. It doesn't use water. It's installed a lot of times by local businesses, um, and it's one of the cheapest power sources we have using solar on the system. Uh, is still probably more expensive than we'd like <laughs> as far as uh, all of us being able to access solar. But uh, my my kind of uh, uh, plea to legislators is we should get more of our uh, power locally or in state of Kansas that's a low cost, that helps build jobs, and is good for our environment versus buying more out of state energy, like coal from Wyoming, that's expensive to burn. We got, we pay someone else in a different state for that resource when we got homegrown energy solutions. And, and you know, about energy efficiency uh, from working with it as long as you have, you know, the cheapest power is the, is the energy we save. Right. Right. Because we don't have to, we don't have to burn it or utilize it. And so, we're second to last amongst states for helping people save power.
1: You know, um, when again, we're like one of the only stations in town that talks about this. But yet, and still, <clears throat> I think it's a caliber of conversation that should be a kitchen table type discussion. When you're sitting there drinking coffee and talking with the family or, you know, so 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 what, what, I, I, I don't know that I'd love to see us be able to branch off into some way of being able to get these topics uh, more widely discussed because we're talking things right now that affects the everyday uh, uh, person human being, and I think there's something they need to have. Come on, Terry.
2: Well, what I was going to say on the topic of coal, as we have been getting our heat from burning coal, the EPA has just lowered the amount of coal, soot, and ash that is acceptable in the environment. So coal ash, the waste from burning coal, is very toxic. You were saying all the good things about solar, and I just want to add that one. It doesn't make pollution, as does coal. I used to live in an old house that burned diesel fuel, and all the furniture, everything was covered with a slight skim
1: yep. of oil.
2: Yep. And coal does the same thing, except we're breathing that in. It's a finer particulate and uh, mm. causes asthma. It causes cancer. so. I just wanted
1: to add that. No, no, I agree with you. Uh, it, re- it makes me think about the days we were dealing with clean air and uh, talking about the diesel, diesel emission. And uh, when uh, we would make presentations, when I'd make presentations in the groups and stuff, you would have people in the audience that would go, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to be scared or what. You know, uh, and sitting here hearing what you're talking about is making me say, dang, I didn't know life could be that. Hazardous to you because no one's talking about it, and and that's what we we'll, we'll talk about the, the 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 death that's going on in the neighborhoods, and the, not saying they shouldn't be, they have a right to be known and the whole bit. But this 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 environmental thing, man, that if we've been into this long enough now, that it should be a a regularly discussed topic. Go ahead, Terry. Can't hear you.
2: I'm just showing your time. We have about five minutes until oh, the next break. I, thought you
1: was, I didn't get so accustomed to you. I thought you was raising your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Well, I just say, I
3: think you're absolutely right, Richard. I mean, we do have, I think, a lot of people have those conversations about, oh, shoot, you know, or our electric bill is high, you know, our our bills, utility bills are, are high, how are we gonna pay them? They feel like they just keep going up, oh, they're charging us for this now, et cetera. And I think the conversation can easily go to, well, how are we gonna help save energy and how can we have someone in our community, our neighbor or the local business down the street can help us save energy so you know, they can have a business helping us out, lowering our household bills. Right. And and then we can feel good about saving energy with saving costs on our wallets, but also helping the environment, that pollution issue you're talking about. And so well, you've, when, you've been talking about this for a long time. So great. is when we this. first got
1: started with it, our, 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 our promotion was how to save on your monthly utility costs that caught people's attention. When you when you're talking about saving money, then when they wanted to know what do you have to do to save money? That's when they would have me come in and make a presentation and I'd have all these tables with all of this 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 low-hanging fruit that you can use to be able to reduce your amount of usage. That's what it ended up being. And you know, that's where we are almost still of being able. That's why I'm a pup, I'm a people's person everything that's going on in the environmental movement that is great but the bottom line is when we're able to reach people so they can individually be able to deal with this in their own homes plus it's great for us to be teaching their future generations so when they grow up it automatically be taught to their kids so to become a typical household kind of conversation that's where we are in this environmental movement as far as the education aspect of it is concerned that's right, right. We, we're, we we're going we only gonna have
3: a we're only gonna have a healthy and, and prosperous
1: environment when we
3: have healthy and prosperous communities and yes. so those help each other back and forth so you're
1: absolutely right yeah that's where we are we got we got a few seconds here uh that we can uh, there's other topics i'm letting you go on your own.
2: Well he's on Uh, energy Richard and there is a list for low income rate for energy Zach that's in front of the legislature so
3: on the topic
2: of low income what is that all about?
3: Yeah Yeah, so the the idea there was that you know, instead of having, you know, uh, bills that people can't afford and especially those most vulnerable on fixed incomes or in between jobs or, or unable to work, it's hard to pay those bills. And so what we were thinking about, instead of uh, other people having to pick up the tab for those who can't pay, they still need electrical service, right, as a public service, um, but instead of having other people pay for them, Give them a discount rate to where they can pay uh, and afford their bills. And that way we keep things moving in the direction where people can still afford the bills. And then as they are able to get back on their feet, they can they can pay the full price bills as as uh, others do. But in the meantime, between time, just try to give them a discounted rate if you happen to be in the poverty level. And I, I thought that was a pretty fair Everyone, as far as organizations support it, but legislators were nervous about it being a, some sort of a social welfare. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's written, welfare is written all over it. And I'm saying that's what the issue and problem is. And that feeds back into what I'm doing, creating, getting job training and people going to work. Man, everybody right. out here don't want to sit at home on their behind. See that, Terry, I paid attention sit out on there behind and not get up and go to work every day i mean we do have people who are want to succeed who want to better themselves in life and so while as much is going on on the one end as far as wanting to provide discounts because we do have those people on the other end we need to have people in the position of earning money we'll be back gang
4: Support for KKFI provided by Circadian Intimates. Bra fitting experts in Prairie Village carrying sizes 26 through 52 bands and AA through K cups. Locally owned and LGBTQ friendly. Learn more at circadianintimates.com. Homelessness in Kansas City is up 37%. You can join Restart Inc by visiting the Kansas City Museum to view the Road Home. This exhibit shares stories, incredible portraits, and video of 18 Restart participants as they share their journeys from homelessness to housing. You can visit restartinc.org for more information. Good news, good planet, good news. It's time now for your good news for a good planet. Plastic bricks. Plastic waste is a growing environmental problem across the world. In Kenya, an innovative engineer decided to do something about it. After experimenting in her mother's backyard, 29-year-old engineer Nazambi Matei found a way to convert plastic waste into sustainable building blocks that are five to seven times stronger than concrete. Matei founded Genjai Makers. As of 2021, her company was producing 1,500 bricks each day and employing over 100 people who collect and process plastic trash. Most of the garbage comes from factories, landfills, and the community at large, and is often beyond recycling in any other form. Matei's team shreds and melts the plastic, then mixes it with sand and heat to compress it into pavers. The colorful plastic bricks are prized for their quality and affordability, and can be used for household flooring, footpaths, parking areas, and even roads. Since 2018, Matei and her company have recycled over 20 tons of plastic garbage cleaning up the earth while enhancing the local economy. Her plastic brick earned Matei the Young Champion of the Earth Award by the United Nations Environment Program. Now she's looking to the future, hoping to expand production into other African countries while building a cleaner, greener future for everyone, one plastic brick at a time. And this is Mandy from GoodNewsGoodPlanet.com
2: we're back on Richard we were talking about solar when we went out and Zach did we finish with all the bills the solar bills in the legislature
3: well there's a there's a lot happening on energy policy in the Kansas legislature and I'll say that it seems to be we're discussing each little piece of the puzzle and a lot of the legislation is highly technical and for the most part it, it, you know, the, the groups that are active at the, at lobbying, whether it's the utilities or big businesses or environmental groups or more are, are having these discussions on these, you know, pieces of the puzzle of the policy issues on energy. And I'll just say this, I think it's time that we kind of zoom out and try to put these pieces together and see the big picture. And, and I think if we've, Put it like that, then we can all figure out we we may have more in common or at least we should come to terms with what we have in common to move forward. Just debating plus and minus on each of these little issues is getting us stuck. Yeah. And, and come together for a bigger picture, I think, could move the state forward and it should be like this. It's, it's real simple. We've talked a little bit about it, but the more we can get to – affordable energy more we can get it in Kansas so that we can help our local economies we can we can we can deal with the costs of it in terms of pollution and health costs we make our electrical system more resilient all those things i think that gives us a platform to move forward right now it's a it's a big discussion of whether we should invest in the new technologies. And the price tag comes with that from the uh, utility standpoint, versus some businesses and and folks concerned with costs think maybe we should keep our current uh, energy infrastructure that only gets uh, more aging and outdated and still pollutes and all that stuff. And what we're saying is, and what I'm saying is that we should be focused on smart investment, that will really have best payoff for Kansans you know uh, the the low hanging fruit the low, right. the environmentally sensitive uh low cost energy solutions like saving energy going with renewable resources and and also distributed resources not just putting all our eggs into the utility basket but if, if you can have a solar far, a community solar farm that would help uh, power the community and and make it have a little backup system you know, that might be, work out for uh, certain places and, and help solve the energy issue. So I, that's one thing I'll just say, uh, kind of finish the energy conversation.
1: Well, and I want to I tack this on to it because what you're talking about is what I I am finding and seeing in my national groups the NEJAC, uh, National Environmental Justice Advisory Council, which I got selected to be a member of, Um. Uh, the industry is learning that it has a, the inability to communicate with the lower, lower, low-income community. Uh, KU reached out to me, KU Med school reached out to me because they heard that I was able to conduct conversations in the low-income community over on Quindarrow and those doctors in school want to know how what can they do with me to be able to learn how to be able to communicate in that manner and so that's one reason that i'm meeting with them on a regular basis that's how ty ended up getting there today uh because of him being able to discuss the uh issues he's dealing with with beyond cole and when you were sitting there talking you and ty represent the caliber of people that my academic community in D.C. need to meet because, see, they're dealing with, I told you, the, the the big topic right now is cumulative impact. And I keep telling them, I have yet to have heard anyone on Quindaro, And I'm talking business folks. I'm talking executive directors of, of, of community-based organizations. I'm not talking about nut buckets running around in circles. I'm talking real people. I have never heard any of them use a word like cumulative impact. So I'm saying we need to be able to, and just listening to you when you was talking then, that's something I might take to the table with them in D.C., is that we have the caliber of people out there. that are in a position of saying it in such a way that the people we're trying to reach will understand. that, that My big last two meetings with them has been of their trying to figure out a way to communicate the group at KU to communicate because they know just like what we went through with the pandemic, the, 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 the shots, the COVID shots and the reason, and, you know, we got people in the low income community think this is some type of conspiracy to take me out. And and if we want to succeed in what we need to do, we need to be able to be inclusive in this reduction of uh, uh, greenhouse gas by 2050. If we don't have a way to communicate within those communities, then we do. This is what I want to do. When you was talking, I decided I'm not just going to wait to have you on to come in and talk about legislators because you got too much stuff we need to talk about. I want to have a session on that. I want to have you back on. I'll get Rick in here with us and we're going to sit down and talk about how it is and what can be done to create a means of communication with the here and now generation, you know, uh, mitigate, matrix, uh, you know, come on. I mean, that's not the way real people talk, but if that's what's coming out of your academic community, that's what they're passing on, this should be done. And we need to be able to have some kind of uh, uh, a way of reaching back to say, okay, This is the way we think we could do this. So I just wanted to throw that out. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad
3: you brought it up, Richard. We need to all be talking the same language as far as being able to understand what we're saying, because I think people do have an understanding inherently of the, the challenges we face, whether it's, whether it's pollution in the inner city, They know that, hey, the more uh, Smokestacks and and pollution that they feel in the smog that that has an effect on them. They know they get keep getting these polluter businesses going. That that adds up. That's what cum- cumulative impacts are, yes. right? They just gave it a fancy name, and it's, think, not, it's the community's known that
1: for a long time.
3: And so, uh, and, and yeah, they I take to. your point.
1: The one of the areas, and I'm gonna get off this. So we still be talking about energy. I want to hear some other stuff. But like I had explained to him today that that, that in, our, in our homes, you know we got something like 224 million homes in America that need to be retrofitted. That's making them energy efficiency. Just like you said, that's what my business and my my, my expertise is about. And I said that you have to understand about 95 percent of them homes are in the inner city. And see you know, I got we got people living in homes that has an act, that has a, a a fireplace in every room especially every bedroom, because they were built a hundred and some years ago. And I said, and, and, and consequently, they're not burning fire. As soon as a as soon as person figures out they got to work, you got to clean them. They, I ain't supposed to forget all that. So what you end up having is an air chute that's going straight outdoors in all those houses. And then, you know, no one's even talking about, we found out when with the Sierra Club when we was doing our bit, that just putting plastic over the front of them, daggum things would make them puff out, you know. From, 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 and people could see how much air is coming in them houses. So I'm just saying, little simple stuff like that is where we could go. Now, go ahead, man. Take me somewhere else. Get me uh, off. No, I, spot. Hey,
3: I'm glad you brought it up. I, I tell you, you, got plastic on my windows. I got a 90 year old house, so I'm dealing with the same thing. It almost same like thing. it's the breathing, same. you know. That's That's my right. house right. is breathing, so. Uh, Well, hey, I wanted to talk about something I think is positive and exciting that the legislature is considering right now is expanding the opportunity for a new transportation option uh, that many of us around here have had the option, which is train. But in uh, South Central Kansas, uh, Amtrak has identified a new project that would go from Newton, Kansas, north of Wichita, go through Wichita to Ark City, Kansas, all the way down to Oklahoma City, and then meet up with the existing line in Oklahoma City that goes to Dallas and Fort Worth. This is called the Heartland Flyer. And it's pretty exciting uh, for a number of different reasons, new mode of transportation and, and all that, but from an environmental standpoint, of all the ways to get between city and city, rail is the most energy efficient and the, and the, the most eco-friendly option that you can do it. It, there's, you know, more it's, it's low drag, high ridership, more efficient propulsion per person. And so it's actually 34% more energy efficient than air travel and 46% more efficient than traveling by car. And about twice, uh, less carbon footprint in each of those areas too. It helps concentrate the development so we have less urban sprawl. It, it can reduce noise and all that stuff. So think about it. I know, uh, Richard, you got family in Texas and all that, right? And so you can <laughs> hop on the train yeah. in Kansas City, go down to uh, to uh, past Topeka, through, down to uh, Newton, and then go south from there if this thing were to get implemented. So far, it has a bunch of support and no opposition. It would okay. share the rail line with BNSF. So um, that would be a positive thing that well, offer both social benefits and environmental benefits for let, Kansas City.
1: Let's pencil this one in with the end of our energy conversation. Right. Because you have to be very careful when you're dealing with the Warren Buffetts of the world. You know, they come to you. Sheep and, and lions' clothing, but you got to understand that once they set those lines in motion, you know, we got a uh, uh, out in Edgerton, Kansas, say, a a a, a, a the, the 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 whatever it is, the the deal where they bring in, got an intermodal and they bring in products from China into Kansas because Warren Buffett had the idea he could save pollution in LA and Long Beach so when the products come in from from China they don't have to offload them to LA and Long Beach they offload them to his trains then he brings them to Edgerton well Amazon didn't build two plants within 30 minutes of each other. Okay. If it wasn't for the fact they knew they could save money on transportation by having plants within walking distance of the intermodal. Okay. Plus, if you stop and look what's going on in Kansas City, Kansas, down there around what used to be River Drive, River, whatever that little i exit was to go to kansas city kansas community college and and you see all these warehouses going in because other companies are doing the same thing so when you start getting those trains bringing product to a centralized location i-35 i-70 that causes businesses to see a way to cut their transportation costs by building factories, uh, uh, warehouses. That's all it is. And so when I drive through there, all I can think about is San Bernardino. If you look out there in California, that's how those places ended up being a polluted trap with that deck of diesel fuel. So I'm just saying, so that would be my main concern. And we just don't have that, ability to conduct those kind of conversations with our decision makers and that's why i'm saying we need to figure out some way to be able to come together not to order them around but just to have some way this group knee jack national environmental justice advisory council all we do is make recommendations to the man in charge we're not saying you got to do it but at least we have the ability To make those recommendations, and I think we should have that as a as a uh, advisory group to make sure that all these things are being taken in consideration. Because the people they're making, they're talking to about making money, they love it. Ooh, look at all the money we got coming into our city. But the other aspect of it, they're not hearing. So that would be my. We'll put that pencil that in. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah all right we're down to two minutes man i love having that's why we shouldn't wait so long to have these there's a lot going on so you just perk yourself up i'm gonna have you back in here to especially now we got these other topics but i'm gonna have you in here to continue talking about this i'll get with you and let you know when okay
3: well well thank you richard and uh, appreciate your uh uh, your good work there, uh, and everyone at 90.1 KKF5 for having these uh, conversations. Uh, we, we don't get to have a, enough public discussion about the environmental issues and how it affects people. So, thanks for That's having right. me, as always. Great to be with you. I hope yeah. it was uh, informative. And uh, and for all those, it's really important that listeners do get involved. Uh, you know, contact your legislators. Let them know how you feel and how important the environment is to you. So thank you. Thank you, pal.
1: Take care. Thank you, folks, for tuning in.
2: KKFI has a fun drive coming up soon. We are now looking for members of our community to come down to the station, be a voice on the air, and become a pitch partner during our fun drives. Help share the good word about community radio, about KKFI. If you can't give your money, you can always give your voice. Interested folks can go online to kkfi.org volunteer
4: to apply.
0: My name is Darnell. At the end of our radio hour, here's some environmental news for the week of February 12, 2024. Democracy Now! reports. The Environmental Protection Agency announced it is tightening regulations on soot. Breathing in fine particle matter and excess can lead to asthma attacks, cancer, and heart and lung disease. The new rule will lower the amount of allowed fine particle matters in the air from 12 micrograms per cubic meter to 9 micrograms. Scientists from the European Union say average global temperature over the past 12 months exceeded 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre industrial levels for the first time, marking a grim new milestone in the climate crisis. Scientists say last month was the hottest January ever recorded. Temperature records have now been broken for eight months in a row. Inside Climate News Reports Dr. Cornell West is running to become U.S. President. Dr. West has stated he will form a third party, the Justice for All Party. West, a Harvard and Princeton educated philosopher, has long been outspoken on issues ranging from race to militarism to the climate crisis. Dr. West's focus on a green reconstruction highlights the intersection of climate change with racial and economic inequalities. The western coast of North America is a geographical bullseye for the meteorological mayhem of atmospheric rivers, which are Pacific-based storms that sweep up tropical moisture and dump it at the first landmass, typically California, as the Pacific Ocean warms and the air above it holds more moisture. Climate scientists have predicted these storms will become wetter, longer, and wider. Imagine the amount of water in the Amazon spilling all over one spot. Now double it. On the Pacific coast, even in cooler years, normal grade atmospheric rivers have been responsible for more than 99% of all flood damage. Groundwater contamination at coal ash disposal facility is a significant concern, according to the EPA. The EPA did not identify the facilities where the contamination had occurred, but it made coal ash a national priority last year and has finalized two settlement agreements with operators of facilities in Pueblo, Colorado and Topeka, Kansas, to address problems of detected groundwater contamination contamination from metals and other inorganic compound released through coal ash disposal. In a memorandum of understanding signed by California, Colorado, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, and Rhode Island, the states set a goal to essentially phase out the selling of new fossil fuel boilers and furnaces for residential properties. The agreement aims to have 65% of new sales of heating and cooling systems in those states consist of heat pumps by 20 With that percentage reaching 90% by 2040, buildings are a top contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Sustainability Action Newsletter reports. A rural school district in northeastern Missouri is one of the first in the state to receive electric buses from the Environmental Protection Agency's Clean School Bus Program. The federal initiative has sent at least one electric bus to nearly every U.S. state with thousands more on the way. The federal government is promising to replace more than 5,000 buses. A major benefit, is the fact that these produce zero emission. And so they can sit there in line waiting for the kids to get out without creating any kind of breathing problems whatsoever. Over their lifetime, the buses are expected to generate savings. Electricity is less expensive per mile compared to diesel. Maintenance is also cheaper. Mining firms are looking to build lithium extraction capacities in Arkansas using a process called direct lithium extraction. The smackover formation in southwestern Arkansas contains as much as 445 parts per million lithium, according to the Office of the State Geologist. Reuters report, the population of monarch butterflies in Mexico forests, where they spend the winter, Fell to the second lowest figure on record this season, offering a grim snapshot of the already endangered orange and black insect. The 2023 through 24 winter figure marks the second lowest since the population survey began over three decades ago and is down nearly 60% from just the previous winter. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in again next week or listen to our podcast at any time.
2: Paradise, put up a
0: lot.
1: This is Richard Magian. Thank you for listening to ECO Radio KC on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you this week by a team of
2: collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Rysdale, and Bob Grove. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. And you can send inquiries and comments to our
1: email at kkfi.org forward slash
2: contact
1: or message us on our Facebook page.
2: Up next is Law and Disorder, followed by Fiesta Musical. And to round out your day, stay tuned for Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell.
4: Don't it always seem to
2: go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paid paradise, put up a parking lot.